intro video after that one. Whew, that was good stuff. Man, give God a round of applause, man. Love God. Love what he's doing here. <laughs> I can just imagine some of y'all thought, I thought we was coming to a Baptist church. But anyway, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're a Baptist church that actually believes in the Holy Spirit. Uh, <laughs> that's a new idea. Anyway, amen. Uh, we're so glad that you guys are here this morning. My name is Terry Pierce. I had a wonderful privilege the last 20 years because I'm old of being the lead pastor here at Connect Church. And we are so glad that you guys are here. So he's introducing this new sermon series today on the Ten Commandments. Uh, I'm going to begin with uh, a little bit of an illustration. So... Uh, when uh, Christy and we did our egg hunt at the uh, community park, we had over a thousand people that we just gave everything away. Uh, Andrew shared the gospel with. And when it was getting ready for the egg hunt, uh, Christy came in and she brought all these new prizes and we gave away just tons of stuff like this. By the way, this is not one of them. I didn't steal the kids' prizes. So I just want to clarify this. But Christy told me, I said, where did you get the cool little kitty bikes? And so uh, she told me, you know, and so I ordered them on Sam's and, you know, I got four grandkids. So I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome, James. You know, do this for your grandkids. So I ordered this little bike and I was watching the whole time uh, while Taylor, um, our uh, church admin, and I was watching her put them together you know she just sailed right through it so I'm thinking you know Taylor can do it uh then then I can put this bike together so for several weeks now I've been working on this and uh and it came in pieces and um so bless Nora's heart she hasn't got to ride it yet and uh and here's the problem with a stupid bike it came with this whole booklet uh, and it's called the instructions in the manual. Well, dadgummit. And by the way, it's in, I have no idea. I don't understand this. And I don't, I'm not trying to be controversial here, but it's written in 24 languages. I speak one. And I don't do it very well. So I try to filter through all 24 language pages, and I get to the instruction side of this. But before I do this, I slap that thing down, not like that, and, and I slap this thing down, I'm like, I don't need no dadgum instructions. I grew up when we had real bikes with pedals and chains. I grew up when I had a bike, I was riding a real bicycle, the real full version, 20 inch, banana seat. Remember those days? I know you know. Uh, I'm talking about banana seat. If you're cool and you're old, you know what a banana seat is. I was riding that bike with a banana seat. I don't need no instructions. I fixed flat tires because we didn't have a gas station rundown. You put gun in, gum on them. Uh, man, it, you, you fixed flat tires. The chain came off. You put the chain back on. Uh, you rode that bike to school because there wasn't a bunch of perverts out there to snatch you, so you could go to school on your bike. Uh, anyway, uh, you rode that bike to school. It may, it, we rode that bike in 20 inches of snow. Okay, anyway, so, uh, so we, we, uh, we <laughs> that was sort of exaggerating. Uh, anyway, we rode that bike, uh, and man, I knew, it ain't going to tell me how to put a bike together. So bless her heart, for several weeks now, we've had this bike, and Nora ain't been able to ride it. Because the problem is, I didn't read the manual. And the instructions. I just thought that if Taylor could do it, so could I. And you know, the truth of the matter is, if I put this bike together and it doesn't come out well, thank you, and it doesn't work just like it's supposed to do, 
there's a scary proposition in all this because my wife has already instructed me that if Nora, Matthew Parker, uh, or Owen gets on one of these and they fall over and a wheel comes off because Papa D, Papa T didn't put it together right, you go ahead and look it up on Dateline. <laughs> you know where I'm going because I'm going to be on there and it's going to read in the headline, Tupelo pastor's wife kills preacher husband. I'm just telling you, it's going to be on there. Uh, it's going to be on there. And so uh, all of that said, the truth of the matter is, is God has given us an instruction manual on how to live life. God has taught us how to do marriage. He's taught us how to raise our kids. He's taught you how to help you find a career and a job. He's taught you how to go through your teenage years and make better decisions. Everything you need in your life to have a better quality of life is in the instruction manual. And you all know what we do with it. Uh, we love us older generation to put it on the coffee table. Every one of these teenagers probably has a Bible app on their phone, but we don't John Brown open it up and look and read the instructions. We might as well just throw it off to the side just like I did because we're not getting into the manual. We're not finding out that there's a person who created us. The creator of you is Almighty God. He's Yahweh. He is the great I Am. And if He made you and designed you as you are, it makes sense that we go to His manual to figure out how to live our life matter. Uh, I want to change the name of the Bible this morning. You're going, dude, we're getting out of this church, man. No, 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 don't, don't get me wrong. I just want to add to it. So yes, this is the Holy Word of God and, um, and all that. But if I could just add another phrase to it, I think that this is what we're missing. It's really about the God who speaks. We've looked at it as just a matter of words on pages and a little bit of wisdom, but it's really God speaking to us personally in the book. And let me ask you this question this morning. When is the last time God really spoke to you? Well, I don't go to church to hear from God. I go to church to hear the preacher. Well, maybe that's your problem. Wonder why churches are dying all over this country because we go to hear knowledge, but we're not really going to let God speak to you. If what happens this morning what I've been praying and what the staff's been praying, if what happens this morning, you're not even going to remember me by the end of this hour. You're going to know that God spoke to you. And that's all that freaking matters this morning, is that God speaks to us, and we hear from Him. The God who speaks in His Word and in His truth, and it's the manual to teach us. Now, you see... The reason God has given us the Bible is not to restrict your freedom. Many of you don't read the Bible. Many of you won't come to a Bible-preaching church because you think somehow the devil's got you twisted into thinking that, man, I tell you what, if I get too emotional at that Connect Church because they got the Holy Spirit thing going on in there, uh, if I get too much of that preacher, the bald-headed guy that yells at me, if I get too much of that, I ain't going to have no fun. I know how y'all think in Mississippi. I ain't going to be able to do what I want to do. And, and all that. God did not give us his word to restrict our freedom. He wants to enhance 
your joy and your happiness when you do it his way. It's just better. It's just better. And so that is what we want to remind you of. This is what God speaks into our hearts and lives. So with that said this morning, I want to help you, encourage you guys to get into his word. And here's how we're going to do that. We're going to teach you guys, walk you guys through the Ten Commandments. And I promise you this, I really do believe, and it happened in first service. I think it's going to happen again here in this second hour. You're going to hear the Ten Commandments like you've never heard them before. We know them intellectually as a list of rules, but they're not intended that way at all. I honestly think the Holy Spirit's going to blow your mind because I think we've probably been looking at these ten as rules completely wrong. And so we're going to help you this morning. So hang with me. And by the way, when we get to the end, we're going to tell you, you know that song we just sang about the mountain? Uh, we're going to sing it again. I just asked Tanner, we're going to end with that thing, and I'm going to tell you the story of the mountain. I'm going to tell you the story when God spoke. I'm telling you, it's all put together. I got to All right, well, hang on. So here's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, how much uh, of the Ten Commandments do you really know? Everybody get a piece of paper out. All right, get a piece of paper out. All of the high school kids are going, what's paper? All right. All right, anyway, and so pull your phone out. Get your notes section out. Uh, you're not Googling anything. I just need, a, I need something blank. You know, you guys are good at that. All right, I need something blank, and I need you to get a piece of paper. If you don't have a piece of paper handy, pull out the offering envelope that you never use. And uh, right on the back of it, okay? Uh, and then put your money in and take it to the box. All right, but anyway, uh, so here's what I want you to do. I want you, we're going to do a little survey. We're going to give you 60 seconds to write down. Don't you dare Google that, Taylor. I, 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 want you to, I want you to write down how many commandments that you know. Ready? Go, hit it. Write down how many commandments you know. Write them down. Isn't that the best music ever for a game show? You're writing down. Do not Google them. No cheaters in this church. Donuts, you're not going to find it. No, 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 not the coin. He's looking at the coin I gave him. All right, paper, pins, pins down. All right, you just failed the test. All right, how many of you got all 10? Raise your hand. You get all 10. All right, we've got, you don't count, you're in ministry. Uh, all right, so, uh, so, so uh, over, we got two overachievers, okay? Now, how many of you uh, only got four or less? How many of you only got four or less? So, all right, so how many of you, all right, anybody get more than four? Anybody else get four? Okay, we got, we got some you did okay. You're not, uh, first service, man, they really sucked at this, so they, they did really bad. So here's the, here's the thing. If I were to ask you in the Mississippi, in the Bible Belt, do y'all believe in the Ten Commandments? gum right, we do. Put them on the school. But yet, you couldn't write them down on your piece of paper, what did I say? I don't have an idea. So anyway, so, uh, okay, I probably don't want to know. We'll watch the video later. All right, so <laughs> I, I do this every week. I ignore what I say. Uh, all right, so, so here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys because you're not laughing at me. So here's the thing. Uh, we, we, uh, we don't really know who, what they are, and, and you're not alone in feeling stupid this morning. That's what we do well here. Uh, is that The truth of the matter is, in evangelical conservative churches, that's who you are, uh, in, in conservative evangelical, you say that word, in conservative churches, uh, the average church member in a recent survey, only four 
out of conservative Bible-believing people could even name more than four commandments out of the ten. So we really say that we believe in these and, you know, we hold to that, but we don't know them. And, and so don't feel bad. So I'm going to help you out this morning. I don't want you to feel stupid through the whole thing, okay? Uh, so let me help you out this morning, and we're going to go over the list, and we're going to say them out loud. So we got them up on the screen, and here we go. On the count of three, we're going to name all Ten Commandments so you feel smart, all right? And uh, we're going to get them all down. So you ready? On the count of three, let's say them out loud together. One, two, three. Number one, you must not have any other God but me. Some of you are all a little slow. Number two. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind. Number three, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Number four, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And that means your John Brown Brackside needs to be at church every Sunday. It's just in the original Hebrew. Number five, honor your father and mother. Number six, wives, I mean, I'm sorry, you must not murder. <laughs> Number seven, you must not commit adultery. Number eight, you must not steal. Number nine, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. And number 10, you must not covet. So here's the thing, what you see real quickly on that list uh, that you didn't know, um, uh, you guys need to you know, go to church more, is that when you see on that list is the first four commandments are dealing with our vertical relationship with God. The last six commandments, I think I get this right, horizontal is this way, right? Okay, okay good. Uh, I went to school. Uh, and, the, and the last six deal with our relationships with one another. This morning, we're only going to look at one. That, like we said, Taylor said, and I can't believe she dissed me on the announcements, but the truth of the matter is this sermon series may go a little longer than we planned. Uh, we're going to deal with commandment number one. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Exodus chapter 20, and here's the first commandment, God, his way. God, his way, commandment number one this morning, Exodus chapter 20. Uh, some of you all said as you came in today, I forgot my Bible. Don't worry, we got you covered on the screen. You're all good. We must keep in mind that as we go through this sermon series, that it's not just given as a list of rules to be nailed to, you know, to put on your coffee table or to have a little plaque or, or even to put them back in our schools. This is really not some abs, ab, uh, abstract rules. It is telling us about a people that God has redeemed and ultimately what God is saying to us in the Ten Commandments, and this is going to be new. Hear me this morning. What God is saying to us is, I want to reveal who I am. It's not a list of rules. It's God teaching us, Alan, who he is. Here's what Old Testament scholar Dr. Peter N. says. Write this down. He says, the laws are more than simply good rules to live by. They show us something of the nature of God. And for this, they deserve our close attention. I think what's going to blow your all's mind this morning is the Ten Commandments are more than just a list of rules, but they are really telling us about who God is. It's more than just trying to have a, you know, we hear people say, well, we need to bring the Ten Commandments back as a fabric of our society. And I get what they're saying, but really it's about God revealing to us who Yahweh is, uh, and, and, uh, and you got to do that in context. So we're going to read the first two verses 
that mistakenly get left off of this story, and they're very powerful. Look with me in verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. And that's significant. We forget that. Then he gives us the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. The commandment is number one, obviously because it's a reason. And here's why it's number one, Alan. It's most important. <laughs> Amen? Uh, the reason it's number one is it's most important. What God is saying, if you don't get this one down, the whole house of cards falls. In other words, what keeps messing up in our life is we can't get past this first one because we don't do it right. If you really want God's blessings in your life, then it begins with this one. And until we get this one right, none of the rest of it's going to work. Now, you and I read this statement when he says that, you know, God wants, is, is there's only one God, and we're like, what is he teaching here? Theological terms, for those of you that are into that, he's teaching monotheism that there's only one God. And he's saying to you and I, from an, those of you that are coming at this this morning, uh, maybe you're atheist or agnostic or, or you just don't really care or know about it. Listen, we're not here to insult you this morning, but we're going to make an argument to all of our Gen Zs, to all of our millennials here this morning. I really want you to, to zero in on this. You need to know that there is a God and that there is a real God who is the God, the only God, and he really does have a plan and purpose for your life and it's better than the junk that you're listening to and following without him. And so he's making the case that there's only one God. Now, you and I would think back, and we would step back, and we'd say, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, those of you that grew up in the South and have the Southern culture thing down, well, we know there's only one God. Uh, and you're thinking, well, Pastor Terry, uh, you know, we don't have other gods. We don't have no idols in our house. You're like, Pastor Terry, I ain't got no statues of little fat men in my house. You know, sorry, anyway, probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, anyway, uh, so we, we don't have, you know, other gods that we're worshiping or idols in our house and, and all that. But do we? Oh, you may not have a statue in your house. But I guarantee you, up on the wall is a flat screen. And if you're a real man, it's 55-inch, amen? Uh, and anyway, and so uh, you have other idols. Some of you are right now on your phone. Get off the dadgum Facebook or Instagram right now. And I'm just telling you, we have idols that we can't even pay attention in church because we're constantly checking our up status or what, I don't know, anyway, uh, our update. Uh, and so uh, I'm cool. Uh, and, and so we, uh, we, we have all kind of idols in our lives that we're busy and consumed with. And he's saying, I want you to know there's only one God. Now back in the 14th century when this was written, 3,000 years ago. Now for all of those that are questioning faith, and is there a real God? Did you hear what I just said? 3,000 years ago, this was written. And it's still going strong. It's still relevant. I want to make the first contention for those of you that don't really believe in Jehovah God. You need to know what you're believing in and your current trends and your nice little world that you're living in, your little bubble world. I want to tell you, we're following the God who's been doing this for 3,000 years. That's something you want to check into. And it's still working. Work then, works now. Amen? So here's what we want to do is we want to help you really believe that there is a God. And he's saying it begins with worshiping me. And it's an important command. Now, here's what I want to drill down to this morning. 
is I want you to know that what we've missed on the story of the Ten Commandments is chapter 19. Now, I, I don't have time to walk you back through the whole chapter of 19. So for time's sake, can I just summarize it for you guys? Here's what's going down in chapter 19. Uh, the nation of Israel, for those of you that are not familiar with the story, this is what happened 3,000 years ago when the Ten Commandments were written, and I think this is what we've missed about this story. In chapter 19, y'all ready? The Hebrew word for God is Yahweh. And the people are so not getting it. They have been delivered from Egyptian bondage. The people of God, for those of you not familiar with the Bible, they were, their father was Abraham. And God made a covenant promise with Abraham and said, as long as you and all the future generations, which became the Jews, if you all will follow me and just honor me, I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, and I'm going to prosper and bless you as a people beyond your wildest imaginations. And you know what they did with it? They're like, cool, God. We got all the stuff. We got the land. We got the houses. We got chariots with fuel, fuel injection, you know, and, and all of this stuff. We got all the stuff. And guess what? We don't need you anymore, God. We got, this con we got this covered. And so they forgot about him, and they began to worship the blessings and the stuff rather than the giver. Can you imagine Baptist people doing that in 2022? And so they're worshiping everything but him. And so they get into Egyptian slavery. God says, y'all don't want me? Now, can I preach for just a second here this morning? You, you realize what happens when it happens in American church? 3,000 years later, that when we decide that we're going to worship the stuff and we're going to argue about the colors of the chairs in our buildings or whether we even have chairs or bless pews uh, or anything else that's going on in our church, if we're going to argue over the stuff and we're going to argue over what we have and don't have and worship what we want, God says, I'm out. Y'all do church your way. I'm going to leave and y'all just have church. And you'll wonder why church in America is dying and crashing because God done left the house because we don't want him. Y'all go ahead and get in and look at me like that, but I'm just telling you, God says, I don't have any business with people who don't want to honor me. So he shows them his glory. In chapter 19, God takes him to the mountain. Are y'all ready? It's going to get good in here. I'm just telling you, he takes him to the mountain, and he says, I am Yahweh. And on the mountain, God shows them his glory, and he begins to teach them the value and the wisdom of following God. Now, I want to finish that story because this is my favorite part. But I want you to get what the nation of Israel was missing and maybe us too. So here's how I want to illustrate it and then we're going to finish it. This morning, um, y'all ever been out on the highway and I was driving to church this morning and there was a patrolman out there and um, they were writing tickets. Do you know what happens when you see a Jason or a Daniel on the road? They're over here. Uh, and what happens when you see a Daniel or a Jason on the road? Y'all know what you all do. You know what you all do. <laughs> and uh, you should have. And so what happens is, is all of a sudden you're out there and you see 
that Mississippi logo. And, uh, and then it's not fair when they don't have that on there and you don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> and uh, unmarked car, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, and so uh, you coming down and, uh, and you see the blue lights and you, know, and you see them standing over there. Y'all know what y'all do when you see that, that patrolman. Is all of a sudden, man, your leg comes jacking off of that, that accelerator. You take that leg and you put it on your chin. Like, mm, man, if I get up higher, that car's going to slow down. Uh, I was out there this morning and saw him, and um, and you know you know what y'all do? You're all running eighty or ninety, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden you see them, and you know what happens is is all of a sudden you know your truck, I mean your all's car, and all of a sudden that front end just go boom. I mean it's like it's just like you know all of a sudden you know just uh, you come off there and it just it's like I thought it was going to tip over. I mean you guys thought you all were going to tip over, and, and, and all of a sudden and, and then your heart starts racing and you're like oh hmm. I hope he's in a good mood <laughs> and uh, and so <laughs> I hope he loves his preacher uh, anyway. Uh, so not me, not me, because I don't do that. But anyway, uh, and so uh, so you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, and, and so you, you go and by there, and you all know what happens next. You done got your knee up to your chin that bust your teeth out. Uh, your heart's racing, and you all know what happens next as you pass them. What are you looking into? You all know, every one of you all looking, you're looking for them blue lights, and I'm not talking about a Kmart special. They're all going, what's a Kmart? Um, anyway, uh, and so, so you're looking to see if the blue lights are coming after you. And you know why you do that? Not me, but you know why y'all do that? It's because you're giving reverence to these folks. Because you realize that they have an authority and a position, and they're there for a purpose. And whether you like them or not, and whether you want them to be there or not, they have every right to be there because they're the law. And they're trying to help bring order and chaos into our lives. We're going to go there in just a second. And James, we pay them reverence because of their authority and because of their position. And whether we like it or not, we need them. Amen? We really do. Because here's what happens. If you don't give them reverence, what would it be like? And don't do this. Don't be stupid. But what, what if one of you guys passed? They're over there. And you passed these guys. And then all of a sudden, you decided, well, I went to Morville. I didn't graduate, but, but I went to Morville. And um, I think I can outrun them. And all of a sudden, when you get past them, you, you shoot up to 90. And you're like, you know, I'm going to go on. I, I promise you it's not going to end well. Amen? You get it? You're an idiot. Because they're the law. And it's just the way it is. And you better show them proper reverence and respect or it's going to be a price that you're not willing to pay. Or your mom and dad. Can I get a witness, parents? Well, the same is to be said about God and following Him. The reason, and you're listening to me, millennials and Gen Zs and all the rest of us, would you not agree that we're living in a chaotic world? Everything is upside down. Well, I thought, you know, it was bad under Trump, and I thought it was going to get better under this. I, I want to tell you, it's been upside down for a long time. And your politics 
and your philosophies and, your, and, and what the professors at school are telling you that you've got to do this and everything's going to be happy and all this. Well, I don't really believe in God, man. I just believe we all need to get along. You understand that we're never going to all just get along. There is no peace without the Prince of Peace because at your core, you're sinful, you're sinful, you're sinful, and you're always going to choose you. You're always going to choose you. And this whole thing that if we all just love one another, there is no love. Everybody is out for his own interest. And y'all need to quit thinking that somehow a political party or anything else is going to solve this chaos and this mess. We need to reverence and bring God back. Let me say it again. We need to reverence and bring God back into our our nation. Amen? He deserves our reverence and he deserves our respect. What would happen, for those of you that are questioning whether you should follow God or not, what would happen if we all live like some of you all think about the way the country should be run? You all do your own thing. I'm not hurting anybody. So I get out in my truck, and I decide to do donuts in the middle of the interstate. I haven't. But anyway, and uh, I decide to just do my own thing because it makes me feel good to do donuts in the middle of the interstate. Some of you all, and I'm not going to say what I really feel about you all, but you all drive in the left lane going 40. Put them under the jail. This is so stupid. Anyway, and, and you all do your own thing. Do you realize if we have no laws, it's going to be chaos out there in the road. When you come to the Morville stop, we can't figure out whose turn it is anyway, and we have laws. And so the truth of the matter is, is that you're going to have chaos. You're going to be dangerous. It's not going to be safe to drive. I want to tell you, that describes our country today. Without laws, without rules, without a holy God, then it's just chaos, and everybody does what's right in his own eyes, and we're destroying ourselves because we don't reverence a holy God and his laws. Amen? So what he's saying in this first commandment, it's as important that you guys honor me because I bring peace and order into your lives. The truth is we need to fear God. Truly fearing God means that God is the reference point wherever the Christian goes or whatever they're involved in. This is the heart behind the first commandment. Now I want to come back to the mountain and then I'm going to give you uh, some practical things to write down in your notes and take home with you. But I want to come back to the mountain this morning. We've, we have done the Ten Commandments story. This is what you guys need to discuss in Connect Groups tonight. We have done the Ten Commandments story in justice by not going back to the context. In verses 1 and 2, He says that I've redeemed you from Egyptian bondage. You understand what that means, Cheryl. God had saved them. He had saved them. Anybody in here been redeemed from our slavery and our sin this morning? And so when it comes down, you see, Ten Commandments, let me say this. I'm going to say something controversial that's going to upset you all, but, and I don't mean it to, well, I sort of do, but, but here, this is like me saying something that's new. 
I'm not a big fan of us putting the Ten Commandments in schools. Now don't get mad and run out of here and say I'm a liberal. Here's my point. The Ten Commandments don't save anybody. And when you stick a placard on your desk or on a wall, and I'm not against any of that. We're passing out Ten Commandment coins. You still got yours? You already lost it, didn't you? All right. Anyway, uh, and so, so I'm not saying that, but here's the point. The Ten Commandments does not save anybody. Notice what he says in verses 1 and 2. I've already redeemed you. The Ten Commandments are for those who already believe in God. He's saying, you need salvation. Here's my argument. You can't make people that are bad good by giving them Ten Commandments. They're they're not going to follow them. They don't get it. They've never been redeemed. What you need to do is transformation. What we need is to bring our children to Jesus and allow him to save them. Then teach them the Ten Commandments. And we've got it backwards. But we need a salvation. And then we follow who is glorious. So here's, that's exactly what happens, Mark, in Exodus 19. God says to the nation of Israel, I have redeemed you. I have saved you. I've brought you out of Egyptian bondage. But the problem is, y'all forgot who I am. So he carries them to the edge of the mountain. Y'all ready? We're fixing to get gravy here. Go ahead, and our new folks are going to get scared, but it's okay. And so he takes him to the edge of the mountain, and he says, Moses and Aaron, you, you, if you don't know, Aaron is the high priest. And he says, I want the high priest to go up into the mountain with Moses. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to carry a lamb. And, in, and on the mountain, we're going to sacrifice a lamb for the people's sins. And what we're going to do is we're going to sacrifice that lamb. And on top of that mountain, that innocent lamb, you see, he's crying out. And he's saying, I ain't never done nothing wrong. Man, I'm just a farm animal. I ain't done, I, those people are wrong down there. Why do I have? And that lamb is crying out for vengeance. That lamb is crying out, my blood should not be sacrificed for those people's sins. But he does. And he says, for this day, for this hour, one time, it's not sufficient, but for this day, for this hour, one, one lamb's blood for the people's sins. And then the lightning comes, and Moses speaks on the mountain, and the people see the mountains quake, and the mountains begin to speak, and the sacrifice has been made. And you know what the people did? I'm telling you, they were Jewish Baptists. They ran away from the mountain because they were scared of the voice of God. Because they knew that they had sinned against him. And then you go to Hebrews chapter 12. And the writer of Hebrews tells us, if you've been reading in your hear eternals this week, and I'm talking about holy ground stuff, the writer of Hebrews says, you realize that we are at the mountain. That today's generation, that he says we are at the mountain. And you see, this time when God's calling us to the holy mountain to see the reverence, the first commandment, there is no other God but me. I'm trying to tell you all again that there's only one God. I'm taking a new generation to the mountain. But this time, this time, there ain't no lamb There's going to be sacrifice. You see, there's going to be no priest uh, come up there, no preacher. You know who's going to go up the mountain? It's going to be Jesus Christ alone. 
Jesus Christ takes and walks up the mountain called Calvary. And there on the mountain, Jesus becomes the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. And instead of crying out for vengeance and saying, my blood should not be shared with, uh, spilt for them. Jesus says, I give it all. I do it all because I love them. And I invite all of y'all to be covered by my blood. Somebody say amen. And because Jesus is our priest and our sacrifice, and he's done that. The glory of the Holy Spirit has now come down on the mountain. And you and I here this morning, we're not a part of running away from the mountain. We are on the mountain. Jesus has taken us to the mountaintop. We're there because the blood of the Lamb has saved us. Whoa. I'm just telling you this morning, because of Jesus, we're on top of the mountain. We're there, and we get a taste of his glory every day. Folks, there is no other God. There is no other God. There is no other God. And he deserves to be worshipped. So this morning, as we think about his glory, I want you to write this down. You're not standing way back from the mountain like the nation of Israel. You're in it through Christ. Whew. I don't know if that hurt you, but it didn't mean. That's good. So he says to you and I, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Folks, it is time that we worship God on the mountain. You understand this morning that anything else that you're worshiping, idolatry is exchanging the glory of the creator for the creation leading to a life of ignorance and moral corruption folks the truth of the matter is you should have no other gods before me you know we do this in every every area of our life <clears throat> when our three boys were growing up any of you all in here um, ever get frustrated with your kids not listening? I swear, we have three boys that are adults now, but when they got to about junior high, somehow something happened and our boys' ears fell off. Any of y'all relate as parents? It's like they couldn't understand simple English from their mom and dad. So Belen got frustrated, and she is an awesome mom. And I watched her do one of the most brilliant things. Uh, I recommend this for all you moms out there as your kids get old enough to read. Um, ninth grade. Anyway, and so, uh, and so, they, uh, <laughs> so they, uh, she took and she wrote down the rules of the house to all three boys. And it, she had a Martin Luther moment. She nailed him to the door, baby. And she, uh, she took the rules and she said, Aaron, do the dishes. Andrew? You know, clean the floors, Adam, whatever. And uh, so she gave them all chores to do. And you know what the, you know, she told them verbally a hundred times, clean up your room, do the dishes, take out the trash. And they're like, huh? Oh, I forgot, mom. Any parents relate? And so, uh, so she got tired of that. So she wrote them all down and told them the list of their chores. And then she did a, she just went above and beyond to a brilliant move is she put underneath a list of chores the consequences if you don't do the chores. 
And she took them, and she, John Brown, slapped that to their door. I mean, I'm talking about with permanent glue. And she put that on the door. And so, you know, invariably what happens, uh, did you take out the trash? Uh, no, Ma, I didn't know I was supposed to. Boom, look at the door, kid. And she'd take him. And we'd already told him, you do, do you not agree with this? Yeah, this sounds fair, Mom. And so she would take him back, and she said, all right. And here's what the consequences were. Listed below there, you don't do the first chore, we take away your phone. Well, Mom, that's not fair. No, you know, that's the rules. You agreed to them. You, your TV time, you can't watch SpongeBob. Well, how are we going to learn and grow? Uh, the, the, uh, your <laughs> Our boys took after their dad. Anyway, uh, and uh, we're, we're uh, you know, we, we can't play video games. No, sorry, you didn't do your chores. And, and it makes every bit of sense because she told them the consequences if you don't follow the rules. And that's exactly what God is telling us in the Ten Commandments. So I want you to get your notes out this morning. And here's three consequences that we take away from not honoring God in your lives. Number one, I'm anxious because my life seems to be out of control. If you don't honor God, you break this first commandment, your life is going to be anxious. You wonder why you don't have any peace. Now look at me this morning. Some of you all are blatantly living in sin. You're not honoring God. You're doing God your way. I don't know how else to explain this any better, but it's sort of what I titled the message. It's God his way. Case closed. And if you don't do it his way, your life is going to be filled with anxiety and feeling like I just don't have any control in my life. And I want to tell you, God wants to help change that. Now look at me this morning. Oh, this is what it's like to do it God's way. He's going to be there to defend you when all chaos, literally when all hell breaks loose in your life. If you're walking with him and honoring him, he's going to stand up for you and he's going to defend you. And honestly, some of you all are missing that. You're taking pills and you're trying to uh, drink yourself. You are totally tore up in knots because you're filled with anxiety. And you know what would really help most of you all? is if you became obedient to do what God told you to do. Get in your hear journals, spend time with him, get your backside to church, and come on Wednesday nights and pray with us and watch what God does in your life to help you get past it. Here's what it looks like for you if you'll do it his way. Are you tired of being anxious and fearful? So I was, um, we at Nora, our, our little granddaughter was over at the house a while back, and uh, our granddaughter loves to play in the street. And don't tell her mom and dad. I think they just left. And uh, she loves to go out, and we live on the end of a cul-de-sac, so it's pretty safe. And so Papa T walks out with her, and she loves to get the rocks, and, and she just loves to play with them. And so they weren't there, so I did what I want. Anyway, uh, and, and so I took Nora to the edge of the driveway, and we're walking out to the little road to play in the rocks there by the edge of the, of the driveway. And all of a sudden, one of the neighbor's dogs just come, rawr, rawr. I mean, it's just, it looked like a horse or elephant. I've never even seen this dog. It had no taggy thing on it, uh, whatever. And this big old elephant dog just comes in. I mean, he is like foaming at the mouth. He's terror. And uh, little Nora, uh, my little granddaughter, I mean, she don't weigh nothing. And, and so she's, you know, she's just running down. She, Nora, you've got to do her way. She, she's up to leave. All of a sudden, that dog's coming for her. And I mean, Nora just, whoa, does a 1A. She grabs and runs behind my leg. And she's literally like pulling my pant leg, just clean slap off. She's scared to death. And now normally, I know like I'm, I look like I'm really cool and brave and like the rock. 
<laughs> Did you just really choke? Anyway, but I'm not. But when it comes to my grandchildren, dude, I'm fighting everybody and anything coming at me. And so I squared off of that dog. And I'm telling you, I, I, I brought back, Alan, hellfire and brimstone preacher boy. And I mean, I tore into that dog and I said, you better get <laughs> and I mean, I said just like, you better get it. Uh, and I did Southern. And anyway, it's <laughs> the dog did not laugh. Anyway, and so I'm yelling at that dog. And I mean, I'm like, man, me and you, one of us ain't coming out of this alive. And that old dog, he was stupid, man. He got the feeling that he wasn't welcome there. And that dog just stopped, Wayne, on a dime. And he turned around, and he's like, that dude's nuts, man. I'm going, I'm going for easy target. He's just yelling at me in some term I ain't even heard. Anyway, uh, it ain't even English. Get! Uh, and, so he, he's, and so that dog just takes off, and he's headed out the other way. But you know the cool part of that story is little Nora. As soon as that dog hightailed it out of there, oh, Nora came around that leg. But she cocked her shoulders back her two-year-old 20-pound cell. And she looked at that dog, and she could barely talk, but she was like, hit! <laughs> I, I don't know what she said, but she was, she was repeating Papa T, and she was yelling at that dog, you get! And she was yelling at that dog. She started chasing the dog! <laughs> and you know why she did that? Because she knew her Papa T had her back. You get a lot more confidence and you get a lot more assurance to take on hell, death, the devil, or anything else that's going on in your lives when you obey God and you do God his way. It's time you all quit living in fear and letting anxiety rule your life. Let's do God his way and get the confidence if he's got our back. Number two is I struggle to make right decisions. When I disobey God, I make wrong decisions in my life. Um, I'm going to be going to Illinois tonight and uh, trying to make decisions about my dad in a nursing home, and it's just a nightmare situation. I've got one place that's not taking him, and, and I'm going to be dealing with all kinds of stuff. And right now, I've been praying, been fasting, and like, God, you're going to have to open a door. This is just a nightmare. It's getting worse uh, with my situation. But you know this? Guess what? Kevin, as I drive up to Illinois tonight, God's got this. I don't know what the answer is going to be. I'm going to be working my backside off all week trying to figure out stuff and process stuff, and it's a nightmare. But you know what? God knows what we need. I'm going to let him handle it. I str st when you struggle to make right decisions, it's because you're not listening to God. Number three is I struggle to find real purpose in my life. You need to know that God has created you and he's designed you with a purpose. Now look at me. If you are struggling to really believe in God, you're an atheist or you uh, you just really not sure about this whole thing about Christianity I want you to come to the rest of this sermon series you hear me I'm not out here to criticize you or to, or to try to blow you out of the water what I'm telling you is is you're believing a lie because God made you and he designed you and he has a purpose for your life and if you'll come listen he'll show you he'll show you what you were created for and here's the final piece I want to give you is the benefits this is the benefits this, the other was the, the consequences. Here's the benefits. It's just like Belen's list of rules on the kid's door. Here's the benefits when you obey God. Number one, I can have hope even when life isn't perfect. 
I don't care what money situation you're in. I don't care how bad it is. You can't afford to come to church and all that stuff. You got to know that God is still in control of this planet. He's still in control of this country. Folks, y'all need to quit giving up, not giving up. You need to believe that your hope is in Jesus. Number two, I believe God has a purpose for my life. I want to tell you, you're not an accident. You're not just coming from some uh, out of nowhere. There's a 3,000 year history of God giving this commandment. It's worked then. It's been working throughout the generations. I'm telling you, you need to believe that God has created you for a purpose. Number three, I have a sense of peace because I know that God is in control. When it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, you're going to be able to breathe better. You're going to have more peace. And I want you all to talk about this tonight as you meet with your connect group. You just need to know that God is in control and he will bring that peace in your heart and your life. Now, here's what I want to close with. For the last couple of weeks, I've been reading the manual. I'm a little slow. But when I read the manual, I was able to put together the kid's bike. Now, for those of us that are grandparents in the room, Mike, I can't wait for the day. For little Matthew and Parker and Owen and Nora to come to Papa T and Nana B's house. Because when they see this little puppy and those little kids get on there, man, they're going to go all over that house. They're going to go all down that driveway. And they're going to have the time of their life. And their faces are going to light up. Little wheels, the whole thing. Can you imagine just take yourself to be a kid for just a second? Is this not the coolest, baddest thing ever? And they're going to have the time of their life. And you want to know why? Because I took the time. I took the time to read the manual, put it together right. And because I did the right thing the right way, I'm blessing a future generation. Listen to me, mom and dad. Listen to me out there this morning, young adult, millennial, Gen Z. The reason you need to do it God's way, not because I'm some old guy yelling at you today. I'm telling you, if you want to bless the future generations, you want to take our world from chaos to blessing, to be able to have the freedom to enjoy this life, there's only one way it happens when we get back to the manual, when we get back to the Word of God, and we do God, his way, he will set us free and we will all be blessed. Will you stand with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and your word today. What a powerful truth that you revealed to us this morning that it's God and his way. And if there's one here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, I want to invite them to come this morning and say, God, I want to confess my sins to you. I've never believed in you. I've been doing it my way. But God, today, I can sense that you're just, there's something burning inside of me. Even if you're an atheist here this morning, or you're not sure about this. There's something down inside of you telling you, there's more to this life than me. There's got to be a bigger reason. And I'm telling you, if you'll do it God's way, he wants to bless you and set you free. But you've got to make a personal choice that I want to choose to honor God in my life, the first commandment. As we sing a verse of invitation, would you come? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 1030. 
we sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.